And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. On the phone line with us today is Mike Gonzalez. We've had him before, and he is a senior fellow with the Heritage Foundation. Mike, it's an honor to have you on with us today. Uh, no, Dan, it, the honor is mine to be on with you and with your listeners. Well, um, Mike, we want to talk today about your book, The Plot to Change America. And uh, I think many of our listeners are quite troubled as they catch some of the news. And uh, they're seeing cities looted and burning, uh, symbols of our history torn down. What's your perspective on it? Can you help us uh, understand this a little bit better? Yeah, the, the, the subtitle of my book is How Identity Politics is Dividing the Land of the Free, and we can get into the definition of identity politics if you want. But yes, my book, is, uh, which I finished writing in November, is very timely, which makes me happy because that means the ideas are getting out. I'm very uh, saddened over the timeliness because it means the country is in dire straits. Yes. Uh, and little did I know that uh, the consequ- that all the stuff that I was writing about late last year was going to explode in such a in such a dramatic way on our streets, the divisions that we have. So what I I said I like the fact that it's getting out. What I tried to do is explain what identity politics is, shine a light on it, change the terms of the debate try to try to expose what it is who did it why they did it how they did it and how we can counter it well it sounds fascinating and i'd love to get a copy of that book but uh, first uh, we don't want to give away too much because that would um, take away your ability to uh, make a living on selling the book but uh, can you tell us a little bit we're, we're seeing our social fabric torn apart um, can you help us think through this a little bit? Yes, we're seeing our social fabric torn apart on purpose. Uh, ideologues, Marxists really, who don't like the way the, 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 the America is set up, who want to change its constitutional order, uh, have used our, our divisions, have, have fomented our divisions, have increased our divisions uh, in order to change the way the country uh, runs. Uh, now, this country has many faults, of course, but it is still the best country to live in in the world. It, is, it, it has it, it, an untold amount of, of liberty and prosperity. That is why it has attracted 100 million immigrants in the last 150 years, and it, that attraction continues to this day. There's a very long line of people out the door waiting to get in, and there's no line of people waiting to get out. Um, so, but but to, to the left... This is not a dream. This is a dystopian nightmare. And it, it is, to the left, it is a, 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 an institutionally and structurally and systemic racist country that needs to be, that, which means that the, 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 the structures, the institutions, and the system, the system is just a word for the way everything works, the system needs to be changed. Uh, they want to kill the goose that laid the golden eggs because they say we have inequality in this country and we're systemically racist. We're not. We're not. We have problems. I don't deny their problems. I don't try to whitewash our problems, but I hate to see this problem, this country transformed by people who want to, to bring in central planning. Oh, yeah. I 
couldn't agree more. Now, um, I'm trying to remember your background. You have a slight accent. What country did you come from? I was born in Cuba, and I left Cuba at the age of 12, uh, which uh, is many, many decades ago. I have lived all over the world. Uh, so, I, so, yes, I understand communism and Marxism from the searing experience of my 12 years in Cuba. I, I have, however, also lived in, in, in France, in Spain, in Korea, in Hong Kong, in seven countries, at least a year in seven countries, and in many others for months at a time. I was a foreign correspondent for the Wall Street Journal. I lived in Asia and Europe. Uh, so I'm able to compare and contrast this country system to other systems. I know what I'm saying, and, and I'm, I'm very firm on this. Uh, I, we need to expose the reason why you're saying that that people want to to transform the country, that they want to explode our, our norms, is because Marx has understood in the 1920s that the working class was not going to revolt. They, the Marx had said the working class was going to inexorably revolt and overthrow the bourgeoisie, but that only happened in Russia in 1917. It hadn't happened anywhere else in the 1920s. And they came up with the idea of cultural hegemony, the hegemonic narrative. The workers had bought into the cultural uh, givens of, of, of the bourgeoisie, of, of the capitalist class. They had bought into the idea of the family, the patriarchal family, they called it. They had bought into the idea of the, the patriotic nation, of, of, of the, the church, religion, and the economic system. So what they set out to do is systematically instruct people to, to stop believing in these things and to instill in them a sense of grievance, a sense of victimhood. And it was the system that had, that had created these grievances, had made them victims, and therefore the system needed to change. That is how you change a country from within. Uh, that's very helpful. And we see it all around. We see a lot of uh, so-called victimhood. Um, there, There is a lot of lies being perpetuate, perpetrated, too. Um, and one, one is, um, and you mentioned this, I think, in your book, that we're, we're led to believe that this uprising is very organic, where we, you know, where people are seeking justice for the oppressed and that sort of thing. That is just a natural uprising. But you see something more. Can you explain? Yeah, this is so. It's, so that is one of the many myths about identity politics that I tried to explode. This is not a grassroots thing. When they set out in the late sixties and seventies and eighties to create uh, categories, for example, the Hispanic category created by the Office of Management and Budget, or the Asian American category also created by OMB, and all the gender categories, you know, the, there was very little appetite for this among the grassroots. But the people who, who, who create these categories create an incentive system in order for people to adhere to them. In my book. Uh, you know, the plot to change America, I go into uh, how ideologues and activists who wanted to create yet more one more category for MENA, Middle East, North Africa, met at the Census Bureau. All these activists and, 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 and lefty, wacky professors met at the Census Bureau, it, you know, in, in a meeting organized by our government. And they said on video, and I, I quote them, they said that people don't want this. Americans of... of, of, of Arab ancestry do not want this category, but once we tell them that it's going to be associated with, uh, with admissions in universities and, and, and set aside government contracts and so forth, they're going to love it. 
So this is how they sell this. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Um, as Christians <laughs> who believe the Bible, um, we see one race, quite literally. We see the human race. And and hopefully um, the color or the tone, as it were, of skin is really not that important to us. But the enemies of the gospel and the enemies of the United States of America are trying to divide us and, and trying to make us see differences where those differences should not exist. So, so race, if you're a Christian, race should not matter in at all. Yeah. At all. What matters is the content of your heart, as Martin Luther King said. Uh, Christianity, which which I, I strive to practice, uh, feelingly, <laughs> teaches re- redemption, teaches forgiveness. Cancel culture is the opposite of that. Cancel culture, which is necessary for reasons I can explain, uh, says no. You 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 have to be canceled. There's no forgiveness. You you are driven off the island. Uh, you know. So so the things, the very givens. Of of of, um, of of Christianity are denied in identity politics. Let me tell you something else too. The reason why you have to have the cancel culture and repression and everything else, because it's because Marxism tries to change human nature. As you know, Dan, when you read the Bible and you read about Abraham and his travails and Moses, you see yourself. They're people just like us. Mm. They, they share the same human nature. Marxism thinks, and this is a, a, a supremely, you know, almost diabolical, you know, attempt to change human nature. When it fails because you can't, then it resorts to violence and coercion, which is what it has always done. Right? All communist dictatorships, all Marxist enterprises, have um, have ended in coercion and in, 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 in violence. Freedom works by recognizing that we must exercise free will for self-preservation. We have the free will to choose between good and evil, and if we if, if we choose well, then we'll be rewarded. Uh, that is, there, but there is no choice with Marxism. Mm. Now, you're using a phrase that um, some of us are familiar with, but I think that m- maybe some are not, and that is this thing of cancel culture. What does that mean? Cancel culture is that if you, if, if you dare to, to express a conservative view, uh, you will be hounded out of social media, mm. you will be hounded out of television, you will lose your job. Uh, it all really goes back uh, to 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 a uh, an essay uh, written by Herbert Marcuse. Herbert Marcuse was a German American uh, intellectual who was very influential in identity politics, very influential uh, in the thinking of the people who are driving this thing today. And he had this essay called "Repressive Tolerance." Repressive tolerance, obviously, a contradiction in terms. Repressive tolerance. The essay said explicitly that. We can only be tolerant of leftist views. Those people with conservative views would not be allowed to express them. Cancel culture is the implementation of Marcuse's uh, repressive tolerance. Okay. Um, One of the frustrations that I have, and today we're talking with Mike Gonzalez of Heritage, is um, just being in denial. Um, uh, Not long ago, uh, one of the 
one of the leaders, so-called, Gerald Nadler, uh, claimed that um, the violence by Antifa was a myth, that it, that it wasn't even happening. And yet we see that, um, to, just quickly, two people killed in Davenport, Iowa, during a protest. Uh, the same eve- evening in Buffalo, three police officers were run over by a perpetrator in an SUV. Uh, in Richmond, Virginia, a group of agitators set fire to an occupied building, then blocked a fire crew from getting inside the building to rescue a child uh, or throwing the explosives into courthouses. This is uh, living in denial of these terrible atrocities that are occurring. Um, does one of the political parties not care about people? You know, uh, that is horrific, the, the, these deaths you have just described. I, I, I stay away from politics. I blame the media. The media is refusing to put the riots on yes. TV. If you get your news from CNN... You have no idea that you have anarchist violence in the streets of Portland every night. Oh, so true. You, know, you, just, you, you, you just don't know it. So, so omission is the worst censoring that the media does. They don't report on it. Uh, when the Attorney General of the United States um, had a testimony in one of the House committees this week, he purposely played, he, he had as exhibit videos of the riots. Why did he do that? To force the media to show them on TV, to show, to force the networks, yes. to, sh- to force MSNBC and CNN to put them on TV. So much so that, C- C- that a CBS complained. The anchorman said, you know, we have to show these because they're exhibits, but they're out of context. No, not out of context. We can see very well here. Sure. Yeah, they're not out of context whatsoever. I wish that uh, they would more accurately report uh, the news. It's just become a giant uh, c- uh, commentary, a giant narrative that's being pushed. Yeah, and that is, again, going back to critical theory and, and, and Antonio Gramsci and the hegemonic narrative. They want to drive the American narrative to you and me, the, 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 the American dream, they want to drive that out and impose a counter-narrative, their narrative of mm-hmm. events. We're a bad country. We need to change. Now, um, you guys, I, I'm saying you, but uh, you and Michael Knowles have a virtual event coming up. Can you describe that for our listeners? Yes, that's right. It's, uh, thank you for mentioning that. It will be uh, August uh, 4th. Uh, we're going to, to uh, talk about my book, The Plot to Change America, um, for Knowles and me, I'm very, uh, very much looking forward to this on, on August 4th. So if your listeners want to uh, tune in, they can go to heritage.org and go to events and sign up. for. It's already, we're, we're having a very good attendance already. Uh, we'd like to have more. The more people who, who are exposed to these ideas, the better. Well, it looks like a wonderful event. And um, now, we still haven't defined an important phrase and it's what you started with, and that is the phrase uh, identity politics. Uh, can you, you know, in simple terms, kind of describe that to us so we can better appreciate what is identity politics? Thank you very much for returning to this. Identity politics is very simply the division of the country uh, and uh, into groups based uh, on race or ethnicity or sex or sexual orientation or gender or even disability status, 
and anything that gives them a claim to victimhood, a claim to grievances that they can then use to demand attention, uh, respect, uh, compensatory justice, rewards, and this is how you get people to adhere to them, to identity politics and to, to group membership. Uh, and, and, and it puts victimhood culture and grievances on a hamster wheel because it never ends. If, if your claim to pride and rewards is based on your degree of victimhood, you just don't you don't want So this is a very bad way to our society. We will be talking about this, Michael Knowles and I, at 11.15 a.m. on August 4th, Tuesday, this Tuesday, from 11.15 to 12.15 at Heritage.org. Uh, and the name of the book is About to Change America. And I mean that for a reason, because that, that is what's going on here. Yes. And uh, lastly, I, I know we're tight on time, so we're going to cut our interview a little bit shorter today. Um, I was at a church service, a uh, church I don't normally go to. I w- attended an infant baptism on Long Island. Um, you know, several weeks ago. It was a beautiful service. It was held outside. What I noticed in the service uh, were people from all walks of life, and it was just normal to me. We're Christians. But, you know, if you look at it in terms of um, this so-called identity politics, there were blacks there, there were Asians, there was a mix of people, and we were all fellowshipping together, we were worshiping God together, and it was beautiful. And I'd like to hold that up as a model to people to say, this is what the Christian gospel brings. This is the the unity that people had who were uh, the formers of of, uh, the constitutional republic that we live under, where there's life and liberty and happiness for everyone, independent of this so-called identity politics. We need to go back to the ideals uh, in our country's founding document, all men are created equal. Mm. That is not only the, 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 the Christian idea, that we're all, men in the Im- we're all made in the image of God, but that is the creed of this country, all men are created equal. We have to stop thinking in terms of race. The, the other side, the purveyors of identity politics, want to be constantly driving us to race. They want, to, to be obs- they want us to be obsessed with race. That hasn't worked in this country. No. That is exactly what that what hasn't worked in this country. We need to go back to the promise, the colorblind promise, the early promise of the civil rights revolution, the civil rights movement. Yes, and um, lastly, um, in your book, and I would urge people to check it out, The Plot to Change America, um, it says that you name names, activists, intellectual, academics, foundations, and... Um, you're not going to do it in this broadcast, but you know that that's what's there in that book is just some really good information, so you can better understand. Where can people get a copy of your book, uh, Mike? You can go to Amazon. Uh, you can go to the Heritage landing page, but the best best place to go to is Amazon. Get a Kindle and get the book delivered to you. It is uh, it's, it's it's selling very well for reasons that I've had, but uh, I I just want ideas to get out. Yes, absolutely. Well, Mike Gonzalez, it's once again a great honor to have you on with us. Uh, he serves as Senior Fellow at the Heritage Foundation, and he's got a broad background, including writing for National Affairs, the American Interest, Foreign Policy, Wall Street Journal, uh, The Hill, etc., etc. And uh, Mike, any other comments before we close today? 
No, listen, we, we, I want to expose what is like Americans need to wake up. We need to be woke to the woke. We need to understand what is being done in our country. That is what the plot to change America is all about. And it, it, I explain it in, 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 in the terms that are, that I understand, uh, it's not difficult to understand, but, it, but we need to spend the time reading about it. Mm. Yeah, well put. I also like what you said about there's lines of people waiting to come in. We don't have lines of people waiting to go out, and that, that tells a great story. Uh, Mike Gonzalez, my friend, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, my friend, and God bless you. You too. And dear listener, please join us next week for another edition of A Plain Answer. Come praise and glorify our God, the Father of our Lord. In Christ He has in heavenly realms His blessings on us born. For pure and blameless in His sight He destined us to be. And now we've been adopted through his Son eternally
Speak.